Hey there. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. And the scripture for that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, and it, it says, He gives us comfort in all our troubles. He gives us comfort in all our troubles. But look, then we can comfort other people who have the same troubles. We give the same kind of comfort God gives. In other words, when God gives you something, it becomes so part of your life that the very thing he gave you equips you to give it to somebody else. It's so powerful when you hear uh, that God gives us comfort, but he doesn't say that he gives you comfort and then he'll give somebody else comfort. He says, I give you comfort so that you can pass on that comfort to somebody else. In other words, when God gives to you, there's an expectation of what he has given you to be passed along. That's what, called, that's what we call grace gives. In other words, the genetic makeup of the grace of God can do nothing else but be generous. God has given you love so that you can love others. God has given you forgiveness so that you can forgive others. God has given you grace so that you can give grace to others. Someone shout grace gives. And what better series to talk about our vision Sunday because grace is the foundation of everything that God has called us to do. On this Vision Sunday, I want to open up with this verse found in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 18. And again, we want to welcome our online audience. I know we have an awesome family here in person, but we also have people tuning in from um, Virginia. We have people tuning in from California. We have people tuning in from Florida. Come on, can we give them a round? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the teaching. I love the way the message translation paraphrases this verse. It says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I don't know about you, but I want to see what God is doing in my life. I want to be able to have clear vision to see what God is doing in my life. The title to my message today on this Vision Sunday is simply this. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. I'm going to give you another chance to say amen to that. Usually when the preacher says the title to the message, it's the perfect opportunity, perfect, precise, precision time to say amen. The title to my message is, This is a God dream. Amen. Woo! This is a God dream. Come on, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these next few moments that we have to share, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that this 4K vision that you have given me, Lord, that you would deposit it in their spirits today. That we may not just be able to see with our physical eyes, but that we may be able to see with the eyes of our heart what you have revealed, Lord God. In your name we pray, and everyone says, 
amen and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise in this house one more time. How many parents do we have in the house? Let me see, uh, uh, just with a raise of hands. If you're a parent, raise your hand. If you love your kids, raise your hands. Okay, no hands went back down, so that's a good thing. Um, can I ask you this question? Why is it that when we tell our kids to go look for something, Oh, y'all already know? Why is it when we go tell our kids, hey, I need you to go over there and find me this, they go over there and it could be right in front of their face. It's like right in front of them. It's right in front of your face and for whatever reason, it could be right in front of their face and they can't see you. Like you I'll tell my oldest, hey, can you put on some socks? And he'll be like, I don't have any socks. I'm like, my son, we just washed some socks, and I know that there's socks, and it's actually in your drawer on the left-hand side in the corner. If you just open up, you will see right in front of your face. I did that already. And I'm like, no, Bishop, I need you to go and find your socks. I need you to go. They're right there. And he'd be like, Dad, I'm like, son, if I go to that room, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, if I, if you, if I have to get up from my comfy couch and watch Netflix and be a parent right now when it's very inconvenient for me to be a parent and go look for something that's right in front of your face, we're going to have some problems. You know what I'm talking about? And you'll, you'll go into the room and I hear my wife, that just doesn't happen with the kids. That just doesn't happen with the kids because that happens to you, bro. I'm like six feet, please. Six feet. Quarantine. All right, back up. Right? What is it that it could be right in front of your face and still not be able to see it? And they actually did, a, believe it or not, they did a study on this where um, studies show that that happens for a reason. The reason why somebody can't see something that's right in front of their face is because they have already convinced themselves that it's not there. They have a actually already they have these preconceived notions that are not there. They have predetermined that it's not there. And so what the mind begins to do, it actually, it's, it's almost like a blind spot or it, it, it almost like bypasses what's right in front of their face. They call it scotoma. It's the same reason why somebody will ask you a question and you give them the answer to the question that they ask, but then they'll ask it again as if you never gave them the answer. It's because their mind is already hijacked. They have already convinced themselves that the answer is somewhere else. And so they'll ask the question again as if you didn't give them the answer, but that's not because you didn't give them the answer. It's because it just didn't register. So it's, it's like literally, it's right in front of their face, but your brain kind of bypasses that and creates these, almost like you get mentally blinded to what's in front of your face. You could see this, the study that there's mental blind spots that can keep us from seeing what's right in front of our face. I don't know, I don't know if you see where I'm going with this, but... I just believe that God wants to get rid of that mental and that spiritual blindness on this Vision Sunday. Amen. That when God calls you to achieve something, when God calls you to get something, when God has made something available for you, that when God places something right in front of your face, he doesn't want you to be blind to it. He wants you to pull back the curtains. He wants you to pull back the scales. He wants to open up the, heart, the eyes of your heart so that you can see in the totality of everything that he has made available for you. If you believe that in this place, give God a praise. God wants you to see everything. He doesn't want any blind spots. He doesn't want you to have limited vision to everything he wants you to see.
Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, If my people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. If my people, look what it says, it says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. If they can't see what, if they can't see what God is, is doing, it, it's not they can't see what they've created. It's not that they can't see what they're conjuring up. They, they can't see their own selfish ambition. No, if, if they can't see, if they can't get a clear picture of what God is doing, what ends up happening is that you end up stumbling all over yourself. And oftentimes we see ourselves struggling and stumbling and we're wondering why are we stumbling? Why does it feel like we can't get ahead? Why does it feel like we're struggling all the time? And it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because you just have a proclivity to choose the wrong things in life. No, is that oftentimes it's because we can't get a clear picture of what God has revealed. But then it says that when you are able to see what God has revealed, I love that because your ability to live the most blessed life is directly proportioned with the level of revelation that you have of what God is doing. And so many times the reason that we can't walk in the most blessed life, he says, when you attend to what God reveals, you are most blessed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live on the fringes. I don't want to live on the very bottom of the barrel of what God has made available to me. No, I want to get a greater revelation of what God is doing so that I can walk in the fullness of what God has planned for me. And, and, and the beautiful thing about our God is the Bible says that he has a plan for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe you came in here thinking that there's no purpose for your life. Maybe you came here thinking, I don't know what it is that God wants for my life. But I came to tell you that whatever it is that God has a plan for you, that he said through Jeremiah that his plan is to bless you and not to harm you. His plan is to give you a hope and a future. The Bible says that he came to give life life and life in abundance life in all its fullness life in all its grandeur and if you don't know something about God the Bible says that when you put a request he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask for or think. In other words, there is nothing that you can imagine that is greater than what God can do. That you can imagine to the tippy top and the pinnacle of your imagination. And God says, I could top that. I could top that purpose. I could top that plan. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to get a revelation of what God has planned. And so my... My desire today is to help share with you how to live the most blessed life. And I want to tell you right now, living the most blessed life is not about achieving, about, it's not about achieving what you desire the most. It's about of walking into what God desires the most for your life. And God has a purpose for Christ uncensored. God ha I said God has a purpose for Christ uncensored. And uh, I just want to lay it out very simple for our church. We call this uh, a mission statement. And our mission statement is, is simply this. Kuhau exists. You can see it up on the screen. Kuhau exists to reach everybody we can 
with the good news of Jesus Christ, that they may walk in the abundant life that God has for them. I'm going to say that again. Kuhau exists to reach everyone we can with the good news of Jesus Christ, that they may walk in the abundant life God has for them. I'm going to say that one more time. Kuhau exists to reach everybody we can so that they can walk with the good news of Jesus Christ, that they may walk in the abundant life God has from them. Why is that our purpose? Why is, it, why is it that that is the reason why we exist? It's because that is the purpose of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which has been lost. And he also says that he came to give life and life in abundance. And so we are called to reach everyone we can seek and save that which has been lost with the good news of Jesus Christ. That means that it is the most spectacular news on the face of the planet. You, know, you want to know what it is? That God loves humanity so much that he gave up his life so that he, he can become the very thing that was destroying their life that's called disobedience, that, that's called sin. He was crucified on the cross and he gave up his life, died for us, resurrected on the third day so that we can have abundant life. That is the reason why we exist. We exist to reach everyone we can with the good news of Jesus Christ that they may walk in the abundant life God has for them. Now, how do we do that? And I want to break that down for our church. The way we do this is through a four-step journey. Now, the four-step journey is, uh, I want you to write this down. It's to help people know God. Say that with me. Know God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Make a difference. To know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Now, believe it or not, contrary to what a lot of religious uh, jargon says, that they are, most of humanity has a desire to know God. Uh, believe it or not, people are actually resistant towards religion and rules but people genuinely want a relationship with God in fact most of the world has believes in God in some way shape or form 86 percent of the world it, in, in in other words it's only the minority of people that don't believe in God most people have a desire within themselves this is something that many historians have tried to figure out what is it about the human that desires to worship something greater than itself we have this innate desire to know god and so our purpose as a church is through this four-step journey we want to reach everyone we can with the good news of jesus christ that they may walk in the abundant life god has for them how through this four-step journey by helping people know God, we want to introduce to people the God that we serve. I don't know about you, but I've introduced people to the God that I serve, and they have no clue who he is because they often thought that the God that we serve is a God that's mad at, mad at them, and I've introduced them not to a God that's mad at them, but a God that's madly in love with them. Uh, uh, people have been introduced to a God that keeps his distance, but I'm introducing people to a God that is willing to go to distance to find you no matter where you are. I want to let you know that we are called to, to share the gospel with people and let them know, listen, if God had a refrigerator, your face will be on it. If God had a cell phone, you'd be on his wallpaper. So, some of you have yourselves on the wallpaper. 
little narcissistic. Narcissistic. I'm just little bit narcissistic. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom. So the way we help people find freedom is see that God doesn't just want to encounter you. God just doesn't want to be a weekend getaway. God wants to, to, to be in relationship with you, but he wants to help you find freedom. He just doesn't want you to have an encounter with him, and he wants you to have an encounter with him, but he doesn't want to, he loves you so much that he'll go anywhere to reach you, but he does not, he loves you so much that he's not going to allow you to stay there. He wants, to, he wants you to experience freedom from your past. He wants to, you to experience freedom from your hurt. He wants to, you to experience freedom from those things that hold you down. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that one thing that if it wasn't part of your life right now, it'll be like you took 10 steps forward in your walk with Jesus. He wants you to experience freedom from that bondage, freedom from that anger, freedom from those things that are keeping you bound to who you used to be. And he wants you to, see, God didn't just say, you from something he's saving you from something so that he can introduce you what the four of what he introduced of what he saved you for he doesn't save you from something just from something he saves you from something for something see God just doesn't want to rem God just doesn't want his people to be freed from Egypt he wants his people to walk in the promised land and that's what we call discover purpose. See, because when you're able to settle your yesterday and you're able to clear out the fog out of your heart eyes, you are able to see clearly the future that God has in front of you. And when you discover your purpose, guess what? You don't discover your purpose so that you can just learn how to make a living. You discover your purpose so that you can learn how to make a difference. See, society will tell you, hey, learn what you're good at so that you could be, uh, so that you can learn how to make a living. And oftentimes we take the gifts that God has given us just to make a living. And that's okay. But the grander thing or the greater thing or the thing that it actually is intended for is not to make a living. That's just kind of like a caveat. That's just a bonus on top. But the thing that God created you for is so that you can make a difference in the life of somebody else. He wants you to know God. Find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. So why do we exist? We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. Why do we exist? We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. Everything that we do in this church here, secret, shh, secret. You ever wanted to be nosy in a church? If you're here for the first time, this is the perfect time for you to be nosy. You ever, like, first time here. Perfect time. I want to welcome you here. Can we welcome everybody here for the first time? This is a conversation that we are having with those that call Kuhau their home. And guess what? If you're here for the first time, I'm so glad that you can be here because you get to kind of peek in. I was having a phone call the other day. Lisa was having a phone call. And after we both got out of our phone call, she was asking me questions about my phone call. And I'm like, how did you hear that while you were on your phone call? So you get to kind of like peek behind the curtains and be like, oh, okay, this is what this church is about. And I'm so glad you could be here because this is what we want to unpack for us today. Everything that we do in this church is to help people know God, 
Find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. So why do we have pipe and drape? It's not so that we can have pipe and drape. There's a purpose behind that. See, if you just look at that as pipe and drape, all you're looking at, as a, as, all you're looking at is a method. But there is a mission attached to that method. See, we're, we're not about methods. We're about a mission. And so the reason that we have pipe and drape and lights and smoke machines is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. The reason that we have matrix every Monday is to help people know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. You can sing a song about it. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. Come on, I said, No, God, hey, find freedom. Oh, what happened? What happened? I was, I was, no, God, find freedom. You get greeted at the door. Because we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose. And we want you to make a difference in the world around you. We exist to help people in this four-step journey. And throughout the Bible, you would see this four-step journey over and over and over and over, when you saw Paul, he encountered God, he found freedom, he discovered his purpose, and he changed the world. When you see the people of Egypt, they what? They were encountered God, they, they found freedom, they discovered their purpose, and they made a difference in the world. And as I'm praying and asking God, what would you want us to communicate to our church on this Vision Sunday Every Vision Sunday, I want to remind us of why we exist. Because the problem with humanity is that oftentimes it becomes forgetful of why it exists. See, oftentimes we are sent to the store by God on a mission, and we get distracted and buy everything else except the thing that God has called us to get. And so on this Vision Sunday, I want to remind us why we exist as a church. Listen, we have an amazing worship team, but we don't exist just to have a worship team. Our worship team exists so that we can reach everyone we can with the good news of Jesus Christ, that they may walk in the abundant life God has for them. And I'm saying, God, how do we share this with our church? And I just kept hearing, because a, a year ago as we shared this on Vision Sunday, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Lord told us that we will be a church in motion. Why y'all laughing? Why y'all laughing? Oh, y'all know why I'm laughing, right? Y'all know why y'all laughing. Literally. I was like, Lord, I thought this was hypothetical. I thought this was metaphorical. He's like, no, you will literally be a church in motion. But the message behind it was that we weren't called to be a church that is stagnant, a church that is safe. A church that is just, just holding back. We're going to be a church that's moving forward. A church that is getting after it. A church that is walking in the fullness of all that God has made available to us. And I said, Lord, you said church in motion. We set out on a two-year campaign. 2020 hit. And you know what he told me? I promise you, as I sat in prayer with conviction of the Holy Spirit, I tell you this. I sat in prayer and I heard the Holy Spirit say these two words. He said, and still. Woo! He said, and still. And I said, Lord, what, what, what do you mean? And he said, and still. 
I don't know if you're familiar with this term and still, but the term and still is the term that is said when the announcer grabs the mic after a, uh, a battle or a fight or a mixed martial, uh, mixed martial arts match. The, 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 the announcer will come when the, when the defending champion has gotten the victory. He'll get on the microphone, and if the defending champion wins, he doesn't say, and new. He says, and still. And the Lord reminded me as I prayed for our vision Sunday that there is still an and still anointing over this house. Come on, somebody. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but God wants to remind you on this vision Sunday. And still, I remember, I don't know if you remember, Marlon, when Anderson Silva fought Chael Sonnen a few years ago. I believe it was 2011, 10 years ago. And, and, and round one, Anderson Silva was the champion. The challenger, Chael Sonnen, uh, Chael Sonnen takes him down. And grounds and pounds in round one. Round two comes in. They start on their feet. Chael Sonnen takes him down and grounds and pounds him some more. Round three comes and Chael Sonnen does what? He takes him down and he grounds and pounds him some more. Round four. Oh, yeah, tell me my cosa aquí. Round four comes in. Chael Sonnen does what? He takes him down. He grounds and pounds him some more, and round five comes in the picture. And Chael Sonnen takes him down and grounds and pounds him. But at the one-minute mark, right before the round is over, Anderson Silva slaps on a triangle, on a triangle choke, and submits Chael Sonnen to get the victory. See, if you walk into that match at round one and two, you look at it and you say, there's just no way this is going to happen. Chael Sonnen is getting the best of him. Chael Sonnen is winning the fight. There's no way that he's going to overcome. But you see, God sees the beginning. God sees the end from the beginning. And though 2020 caught us by surprise, and it may have looked like, guess what? It may have looked like we were getting ground and pounded for four, for four rounds. I came to tell you that our round five is right around the corner. And he wants to remind you. And still, he is still on the throne. He still has a a mission for this church he still has favor over your life he still has a victory for you to walk into I don't know about you but God is saying there is an end still anointing in this place some people you can look at it and it can look like we've taken a couple of bruises some people stepped out but some people stepped up and this I said this church might look a little different, but our round five is coming. I don't know who I'm talking to. Woo! This is what happens when you're quarantined for two weeks. He says, and still, and still, God wants to do something powerful in Staten Island. I'm telling you, Christ uncensored, can you see it that God wants to do something powerful in Staten Island. And just because we went through a pandemic and just we, because we went through 2020 doesn't mean that God is short-sighted and God didn't see this coming. I want to let you know that God wants to do something powerful in Staten Island. I'm going to say it until you get it in your spirit that God wants to do something 
powerful in Staten Island, New York, if you believe that in this house. He wants to do something powerful, and often when God wants to do something powerful, he sends an invitation to his people to partner up with him. I just wish sometimes that God would have a vision and he would carry it out by himself. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like, God, I, wanna, I, want, I want the world to change. I just don't want to. Like, God, I want you to change the world around me, but not change the world on the inside of me. Like, I just want, but God, every time he wants something, to do something powerful, what God does is that he sends an invitation to his people to partner up. And God wanted to do something powerful in John chapter 6. He wanted to do uh, something powerful when he saw a crowd, the Bible says. And the Bible says that this crowd was enormous. It was a huge crowd. And the Bible says, I don't know if you're familiar with the story in John chapter 6, but it's the story of when Jesus feeds the 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. He sees something that seems impossible. But the Bible says that he, he climbs up a mountain. My wife is worried about me right now, just letting you know. Watch your shoulder, baby. Watch your shoulder. See, the, the thing about a God dream is that God sees it first. And what God does is that he sends an invitation. He says, I want you to see it too. But oftentimes we can't see it with these eyes. We have to see it with these eyes. See, the Bible says in John, John chapter 6 that he climbs up a mountain and he sits with his disciples and he looks at Philip. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Philip, what's going on? How you doing? How's everything? Yeah, I'm just chilling, being Jesus. And, he's, and he says, how are we going to feed all those people? See, Philip didn't see the crowd, but Jesus did. But he partners up. He sends an invitation to Philip to partner up with him. Hey, Philip, how are we going to feed these people? And Philip is like, um, feed these people? There's just not enough money to go around. There's not enough wages. We would need months of wages to try to feed this amount of people. See, he was seen with these eyes. He wasn't seen with these eyes. See, because oftentimes when God will ask you to partner up with him, we'll look at the impossibility of, of what he's called us to do, thinking that he's called us to depend on our resources, but he's called us to depend on his revelation, not our resources. And he says, Philip, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to him. And turning to Philip, he says, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? The Bible says, watch this, he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew what he was going to do. God already knows what he's going to do in Christ uncensored. God already knows what he's going to do in Staten Island, New York. And what he does is he sends you an invitation, Christ uncensored, and he says, do you see it before I do it? He already knew what he was going to do, but guess what? He's asking you, do you see it before I complete it? Do you see it before I accomplish it? 
See, when God wants to do something powerful, I'll say it again, he'll always send an invitation to his people to see if they're willing to partner up. And I'm so blessed to say that every time that Christ Uncensored has been invited to, by God to join on the journey of doing something incredible, this church has always said, yes, send me, I will go. We have always stepped up to partner up with God in what he wants to do. And when God wanted to do uh, transform the world, you know how he did it? He did it by sending his disciples. God could have transformed the world with a wand, but he says, I'm going to send my love agents into the world so that they can transform the world. And he says that he sent them two by two, some to Jerusalem, then into Judea, and into Samaria, and until the ends of the earth. And so us as a church, I want to paint it crystal clear what our vision looks like. It looks like this, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But I want to break it down this way. It's church expansion. Everybody shout church expansion. Community outreach. Compassion for the world. And so this is our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That God has called his church, his love agents, to go out into the world. See, I, I never want this church to be a church that just coddles believers. I never want to be this kind of community that just, we just coddle the believers and coddle the people that love Jesus and forget about the people that don't know him. See, when I've been comforted, God has commissioned me to comfort others. And God has saved me so that I can be an agent of change in the life of others. And every time this church has been sent an invitation to partner up with God, we have said yes. And that's what we call church expansion. And so I just want to brag about our church. Is that all right? Can I brag a little bit? Can I brag a little bit about our church, what God has done through the partnership of this church? And it just is a testament See, when we brag about what God has done, we're not bragging about ourselves. We're bragging that God can use people like us to change the world. It's like, God, you can do that through me? My goodness. Here it goes. Ready? Our average attend, uh, attendance in 2020 from January to March before the pandemic hit was 89 people. I mean... I think that's amazing because it's a testament that in Staten Island, in the St. George area, we were able to gather 89 people under one roof. That is, that is a higher average than all our Sundays in 2019. And I think we can praise God for that right there. In March, our church goes virtual for the very first time. Pandemic hits. I'm so grateful because when the pandemic hit, we never did an online service. We would only have our in-person service. But by the grace of God, there were people that were willing to say, Pastor, I'm willing to step up and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And, and throughout the course, we had 117 weekly viewers watching our online experience. Not only that, out of that, we gave birth to an Instagram live prayer meeting come on somebody 
and we have an average of 20 to 25 people. And last month we came back, 2021 strong, we came back and we had a baptism that blew the roof off this place. And we were able to escort eight people from darkness into life. Can we give God some praise in this room? It's not just, see, see, that's just us as a church growing. See, anything that is healthy grows. And God has called us to expand. It, it, he has called us to grow. But he, he hasn't just called us to grow so that we can become bigger. He has called us so that we can become the church to the world around us. And that's what we call community outreach. And so we're never going to be a church that is a Sunday-only church. We want to be the kind of church that goes out into the world and reaches the community around us. We want to make a difference in the community around us no matter where we are. And if God has called us into Staten Island, New York, we want to make a difference. So I'm proud to say that in 2020, we were able to feed senior citizens during the pandemic that weren't able to get groceries and we were able to give over partnering with urban hope able to give to over two thousand dollars worth of meals we have angie who was volunteering weekly we have marlon who was giving weekly and we were giving to senior citizens and and this is all through the generosity of a church that says hey i can see it before it happens i can see it before it happens i can see it before it happens we had school supplies that we gave to over 200 students. Can we praise God for that? Come on. And we have, not only are we going to reach the community around us, we're going to reach the world around us. And that's what we call compassion for the world. And so what we do is that we partner with organizations that are already reaching the four corners of the earth. And so there's people that are already there. That we want to say, hey, we want to partner up with you because all they need is financial support. All they need is funding. And it's amazing that there's a church in Staten Island that's making a difference in Tijuana, Mexico. There's a, it's amazing that there is a church in Staten Island that's making a difference in Honduras. Come on, somebody. It's amazing that there's a church in Staten Island that's making a difference in the world around us. And so we gave Compassion International $2,000. We gave Catherine Kids in Tijuana, Mexico over $1,200. Teen Challenge, we gave $1,200. Celebrate Hope Recovery, which is an addict program, over $1,200. Salvation Army, $780. Helping Hands and Urgent Assistance, $3,950. And Youth for Christ, which is a youth program that is rescuing our teenagers, we were able to give $250. I mean, that is a church that says... We are going to step up to partner up. And all in total, I'm proud to say that our church, in the middle of what has been, many has, have commented, the worst year in history, we were able to give over $14,000. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you a secret? That last 2019, we gave 13% of everything that came into Christ Uncensored. We have a principle that we live by is that we're never going to live off 100% of what comes into our church. We believe in the tithe. 
And so we give 10% of what comes in. But every year, we want to be the kind of church that says, hey, we're going to give a little bit more. We're going to give a little bit more. But Pastor Roe, we don't got better seats. seats. But guess what? There are people that need food, and we want to bless them with food that they don't have. But guess what? On the worst year, we gave 13.5%. Come on. Come on. Somebody ought to give God some praise. That deserves a praise break. That even in the worst year of the existence of our world, we were able to not hold back. We were able to be like, hey, we're going to be more generous even this year. Our church has stepped up and partnered up. And Jesus extends the invitation and he speaks to Philip and he says, he was testing Philip. He already knew what he was going to do. Now look what Philip replies. He says, it would take a fortune. It would take a fortune to make all this happen. Have you ever felt like that when God has called you to do something? God? Like God gives me this vision and I'm like, God, have you seen the people in our church? Like, God? I feel like Philip. God is, God, God I, I'm trying to find out what I'm going to have for lunch. How, what do you mean I'm, I got to be worried about how am I going to? See, because God had a vision, though. Jesus had a vision. He saw that he could fill and satisfy people who were hungry. And it's no different for Christ Uncensored that he looks at Christ Uncensored and he says, I want to fill the souls and the cravings and the hunger of Staten Island. And I need people who are willing to see what I see. And you have to make a decision today. What's the decision? That we're going to either live our lives blinded by the limitations of our capacity or we're going to allow God to open up our eyes so that we can see what he has called us to accomplish. I'm going to say that again. We could live our lives blinded by the limitations of our capacity or, that, or we can say, God, we allow you to open up the eyes of our heart so that we can see clearly what you have called us to accomplish. See, God calls us to do something and we look at our capacity and God says, no, look at what I've called you. God calls you to serve and you say, Lord, here's my capacity. God says, no, what have I called you? God calls you to give and you look like, God, look at my capacity. He says, no, look at what I've called you. Philip, do you see what I see? And let me tell you, 2020 was a perfect year for people to just pull back and say, that's too much to get done. It just seems impossible. It just seems like there's just no way that that's going to be able to be achieved. But this is why we need to get a God vision. This is why we need to get a God vision. See, because often there's something that's obstructing your vision. And God wanted me to ask you today, what would it look like if you didn't have fear obstructing your vision? What would it look like for some of us if we didn't have our limitations obstructing our vision? What would it look like if you weren't so focused on your capacity? What would it look like if you weren't comparing your life with someone else? What would you be able to accomplish if you had a God vision? 
if you were able to see, what would it have looked like if Philip was able to see the five loaves and the two fish being multiplied before it actually happened? God already knows what he's going to do. He already knows. And so he looks at us and he says, are you willing to partner up? Are you willing to see what I see? Are you willing to see the impossible and so in it? Are you willing to see the unlikely and say that I'm going to give myself to it? Are you able to see what seems impossible at once so that you can live your life devoted to making it possible? And so I want to unpack for us, how does this vision begin? This vision begins this way. That God has a, a dream for Staten Island, I believe. And the number one way that people come to know Jesus, this is statistically true. The number one way that people come to Jesus is through church services. All over the world, the way people are joining the family of God is through church services. And so we have a vision and we believe that this church could reach Staten Island for Jesus. I know y'all look like Philip right now. I know. I know. I, like, yes. 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 Okay, okay. Where you going with this, Pastor Ro? Like, we have a vision. We have a God dream that we can reach Staten Island for Jesus. We have a God dream that we can reach Staten Island for Jesus. And the only way we're going to reach Staten Island for Jesus, if statistically it's through church services that bring people to Jesus, then we want to continue to invite people to church services. And I want to encourage you, when you invite somebody to this church service, they're never going to be judged. They're never going to be condemned. They're never going to be looked down on. But they're going to walk out of here with life. They're going to walk out of here with hope. And they're going to walk out of here with a sense of purpose to accomplish for God's dream in their life. And so I just want to break it down for us. Number one is through multiple church services. Number two is through multiple church locations. And number three is through multimedia. And again, we, we might look at it and we might say, man, that's impossible. But this is what I want to break down for us. If the number one way is for people to join the family of God is through church services, let me tell you, then I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep having church services. And, I, and my greatest fear for our church, you want to know what it is? Secret? I told you y'all were getting nosy in here. Can I tell you what it is? Is that we get comfortable. I was talking to our leaders this week, and I was like, guys, I'm concerned that we might just get comfortable because it feels good at 4 o'clock. You know? It feels good not having to set up all the time, and we could just walk in, and we could just semi-set up. But, but what if we said that my life is not my own? To you, I, see, the problem with God's kingdom is this, that oftentimes it's 20 people 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Oftentimes, it's 20% of the people that are doing 80% of the work. But what would it look like if there was 100% participation? 
I'm not talking about first-time visitors. I'm not here if you're a guest. I am, again, I am just elated that you are here joining us on this conversation. But if you call Christ Uncentered your home church, what would it look like if we had 100% participation? Uh, at the beginning of 2020, we had about 37% participation. That means statistically, we're doing amazing. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, other pastors came to our church and they were like, how do you get everybody involved? And I tell them, because it's not about me. It's about the mission and vision that God has given our church. And people jump on a mission. And so we have a vision. Are we going to have multiple services? Do you see it before it happens? We have a vision. I don't know about you, but I look at this location, and I look at the school, PS16, and they might call us any day now and be like, hey, we have an opportunity for you to come back at 11 o'clock. And I'm like, what if? I'm just saying. This is a God dream. What if God was creating the infrastructure of multiple services at multiple locations right underneath our nose? without us realizing that his vision was being manifested. What if there was one worship team here in West Brighton and one worship team in St. George at 11 o'clock? What if there was one worship team here at 4 p.m. and one worship team at 11 a.m. And, and I hear somebody say, Pastor Roe, you're trying to break us up. <laughs> I like our Kuhau people. We don't exist for that. We exist to reach everyone we can with the good news of Jesus Christ, that they may walk in the abundant life. Why? Because God will always leave the 99 for the one. So you might look at it as a split up, but I want to let you know that God is creating opportunity. God is expanding our territory. And he's saying, are you willing to leave the 99 comfort feelings for the one person that needs to know about me? The one person that needs to know that I love them and that I care for them and that I got a purpose for them. And we want to be able to do that through multimedia. And so we want to launch a professional live stream service. That's what we want to do. Again, it, it, it might cost us to step outside of our comfort zone, but why are we doing this? We're doing this because people need Jesus. Why are we doing this? Because people need Jesus. That's why I don't get so distracted with everything that's happening around us. I'm like, even through everything that's happening around us, how could I help him know Jesus? How could I help her know Jesus? And I want to tell you, when we have multiple services at multiple times and have multimedia, I want to give you permission that when I say, who wants to give their life to Jesus, I, I give you permission to pick your eye open during prayer and look at the side of your road and see your mother, your father, your family, Family member, your neighbor, your cousin, your barista. See, I want to give my life to Jesus. Why do we do this? Because people need Jesus. Even through a pandemic and quarantine, God was saving people at Christ Uncensored. And I want to share with you a story as we get the video ready about someone who is special to this house right now. 
and it's been a blessing. We saw her get baptized a few weeks ago. And there was a person who needed Jesus. And there was a church that partnered up with his vision and said, here are five loaves. Here are our two fish. We don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's better in your hands than it is in ours. I want to draw your attention to the screens right now. When I was first invited to Kuhau, it was October 4th, and Kuhau was finally gathering together under one roof after the pandemic had closed down events and gatherings and all churches. And I was invited by my friend, Pastor Ruben. He said, hey, we're gonna be gathering if you wanna come, you know, check it out. I wanted to be open to it, but I couldn't sit for a message. I offered actually to volunteer um, to take photos. I knew that it was going to be, you know, a really special time for Kuhau, that they were going to be back together again, and I really wanted to let Kuhau have nice pictures to celebrate the moment and honor that day. And so I did. It was amazing. I had a great time. I loved it. Um, but then the next week, I was called to come back. Like, I was... I was called by Kuhau, I was just pushed to come back. It was the community, it was the energy that I felt in the room. It was, it was exactly what Kuhau wants you to feel. You know, I felt at home and I kind of just wanted to go, go back home. They were in a message series, but Pastor Ro, he had an audible and his audible was don't call it a comeback. And I brought my camera again because I was still kind of nervous. And I remember listening to the message and just crying behind my camera. It was exactly what I needed to hear. I had lost the relationship with God before then. I had it at one point and somewhere along the line <laughs> kind of got lost. I felt it but I didn't know I didn't know that God sent that message for me. And the message was I've been here the whole time. waiting for you and I've been going to Kuha ever since and I've been serving ever since when I think about serving I feel like I've found my purpose you know I've been a photographer for over seven years I've been a videographer for over seven years and it wasn't until I started to build God's kingdom and help others connect through photo and video to Kuhau that I finally felt this purpose that what I was doing was bigger that we were creating something to connect people to God and whether you're ushering or whether you're welcoming or you're creating content or whatever you do to serve God and bring people closer it's just the best gift that you can give 
And since then, my life has changed drastically. I have better relationships with my family. I have better relationships with my friends. I've gained a whole new friend group. I've gained a support system that I didn't even know was possible. And the most important is that I just, I grew closer to God and now I have this pillar of how I want to live my life. I think people outside could look at the story and say, Kuhau brought me to God, but I think that God brought me to Kuhau. My God, can we give God a praise in this house? Why do we do what we do? Because people need Jesus. Our vision is to reach the lost. And the way we can do that is by helping people find freedom. Know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. I believe what God wants us to do in a practical sense this year is to move in the direction of filling this place up to capacity, which right now is at 100 people. But just because this is limited in space, in, in space right now, doesn't mean it's limited in time. That if there's people that matter to God, we can have another service to help more people find God. It matters to God and so it matters to us. And so I just want to give you our vision overview as the worship team comes up. Our vision overview is to reach more people for Jesus. We want to be able to prepare to have an additional service. We want to be able to upgrade our media ministry. We want to create an advertising budget for Easter. And Easter, during Easter Sunday, I don't know if you know this, but people become God conscious. And so religion will be like, well, we don't want people here for Easter because they sit, they sit in our chairs and I have to find a new spot. No, that's religion. God has called us to reach people. And so we want to fill this place to as many people as we can so that we can reach more people. The more people we reach, the more people we can reach. And what does it take? It takes 100% participation. And so we want to sponsor 10 children through Compassion International. We want to increase the amount that we give for our missionary support. We want to fund our outreach ministry. We want to provide a working budget for individual ministries. And can I give you some good news? We want to hire a full-time co-pastor named Lisa Remedios. Now, what will it take financially? Can I talk to you guys financially about finances real quick? What will it take financially? Financially, it looks like this. It takes $10,000 a month for us to be able to achieve all that God has called us to achieve. What does it take? It takes maize, five loaves, and two fish. Here it goes. Here's my five loaves and my two fish. See, there's two kind of people. There's two kind of people that look at the vision and they're like, Philip, how could we make this happen? There's just no way. And then there's people like Andrew who brings a child and says, hey, Jesus, we have, we have five loaves and two fish, but what is that? 
among so many. See, God is not asking us to try to figure it out. God is asking us, do you trust him? To give him your five loaves and two fish. And I'm going to be honest, there's 10,000 reasons why we can't make this happen. There's 10,000 excuses why this is not possible. There's 10,000 reasons why five loaves and two fish will not work to feed 5,000. But there's one good reason. There's one good reason why we can trust God. It's so that one more life will step into eternity with Jesus. For the Bible says in John chapter 17, this is eternal life, that they may know God and the one he has sent. So your eternity starts on this side of earth, on this side of heaven. I'm, I'm also pleased to announce that financially last year, our church didn't hold back. And the totality of our offering was $104,000, over $104,000. Can I tell you that's 10,000. Camera, can you follow me? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk down here for a second. Can I tell you something? That's $10,000 less than last year. But last year we had a Heart to Give Sunday. That Heart to Give Sunday, we raised $22,000. Hard to give Sunday last year, though, didn't kind of happen because that happened during the first day of the pandemic. Last year, it took 90, 2019, it took 99 people to raise $114,000. Last year, in the most difficult year in our church's history, we were able to raise $104,000 through 30 people less. People willing to say, hey, here are my five loaves and my two fish. We bring in a month right now $7,000, or uh, a little less than $8,000. That's what we bring currently. We bring in about $8,000. In order for us to accomplish a God dream, we need to raise $10,000. What does that mean? That every month we would partner up with God and this calls for 100% participation. It calls for all of us to say, God, here are my five loaves and my two fish. It might not be a lot in my hands, but I know it can be miraculous in your hands. Acts chapter 4 verse 32 says all the believers watch this did you see that all the believers uh, some of the believers look at this 60% of the believers Anthony this rocked my world it says all the believers were united what would it look like believers that call Christ uncensored their home were united as this church in Acts chapter 4 were. What would it look like, watch this, and I ask this question, what would it look like if all the believers tithe? 
See, some, I said tithe in some of y'all flesh. What would it look like if everybody called that Christ uncensored their home, said we're going to be obedient to God's word and we're going to give him 10%. Now there's about 85 people currently that call Christ uncensored their home. There's about 85 people. If 85 people, the average income in America is $30,000. As a matter of fact, if you make $30,000, you actually live more wealthier than 86% of the world. Okay? So sometimes we're like, man, I only make $30,000. Well, you live wealthier than 86% of the world. What would it look like if 85 people who made $30,000 uh, $30, decided to tithe from this point on? What is a tithe? It says you take 10% of what God gives you and you give it to him. But Pastor Roe, I don't have an income. Then there's nothing for you to tithe. It's if God has given you, you take 10% and you give it to God. This is a principle that I've lived by for the last 20 years of my life. I've never, I've decided a long time ago that I will never live on 100% of my income. This is what I teach my children. My son is 15 years old, and any allowance that he gets, any Christmas money he gets, he takes 10%, he puts it in an envelope, he gives it to God through the church. My daughter, it was easy for her when it was $10, but then she made $80, and she was like, oof. It's funny how we don't graduate from that, do we? She was like, yeah, oh. A dime out of a dollar? That's nothing. And then she had $80, and I'm like, Mommy, that's $8. She's like, but who gets this money, Pastor Roe? How is this giving it to God? Does God need our money? I use that opportunity to show her how God uses the tithe not only to bless his church, but to undo materialism in our heart. How amazing is it that if all the believers at Christ Uncensored decided to tithe, that our goal, watch this, our goal is $10,000 a month. But if we, all the believers tithe, we would bring in $20,000 a month. A yearly budget of $255,000. What is God telling us right now? That it's in the room. God is telling us right now that you don't have to look for a miracle outside of this church. That he says everything that it takes to carry out the vision is found in young boys that will say, Here are my five loaves and here are my two fish. So on March 14th, we have our generosity side. Here's what I'm, I'm asking our church to do. Pray for this day. This day we come together as a church and we give our very best offering. This is our vision offering. This is the offering that allows us to accelerate the vision. This is the offering that we say, hey, we're going to come and give God our best financial gift. We had goals in the past. For the last two years, our goal has been $25,000.
and each year we've come very close. We last year we collected twenty-two thousand five hundred dollars. Twenty nineteen, twenty-two thousand five hundred dollars. This year we're not going to put a goal. We're not going to put any limits. We're just going to say, "Come with your very best offering." Ask God what He wants you to give. Do you know this? That what God calls me to give is not the same thing that He calls you to give. See, because God doesn't want equal amount, but He does want equal sacrifice. How many know that a thousand dollars is a lot for me, but a thousand dollars is not a lot for Bill Gates? Right? Because God wants equal sacrifice, not equal amount. And so all I'm asking is that on the 14th, that you would ask God, what is the amount? This is a historic offering. This is an offering that is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Can I be honest with you? You might have to stop drinking as many lattes. Watch this, watch this. Because you might need to give up something to give up towards something. So maybe instead of that $4,000 vacation, you have a $2,000 vacation and give the rest to God. Maybe instead of a $5 latte on a daily basis, you get yourself some Bustelo and start making it at home. Maybe instead of buying yourself another $200 pair of sneakers, you buy yourself some Converse. They're still in style, aren't they? And you give the rest to God. God wants it to feel sacrificial. God has a dream. And his dream can manifest if there's a church that's willing to say five loaves and two fish. I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet right now. With your hands lifted up, every hand lifted up, every hand lifted up. I see your hand lifted up right there, 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 right there. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, every hand lifted up. I just want to, I want you to do something right now as your hands are lifted up. Say these words with me. Say, dear God, open up the eyes of my heart. Come on, say that. I hear like half the room saying it. Some of y'all don't want the Lord to open up your heart. Say, dear God, open up the eyes of my heart so that I can see what you are calling me to accomplish. One more thing. Ask this to God. God, how do I fit in this vision? God is speaking to some people. I know that there's people that God is speaking to online that you're tuning in right now and you're saying, I know I fit in this vision. God is opening up your eyes right now. If that's you in this place, I want you to close your eyes right now wherever you are. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for these moments that we have together, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we've laid out this vision, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that the eyes of our hearts may begin to open, oh God, that in the next few weeks, you begin to speak to us 
about the amount that we are called to give, but also how we play a part in carrying out this vision. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen and amen. Can we give God a shout of praise in this room? Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.